0: Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Bruchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com.
1: It's time
2: to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite cowgirls with cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast.
1: I'm Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Good morning, you guys. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well, Phyllis. I've been up since bright ass
2: early this morning. So I got to tell you, I am wired and pumped and ready to talk about all kinds of things today. And Kim, why have you been up so early? Yeah, tell us, Kim. (laughs) Because, and you guys are going to make fun of me. I know, the woo-woo person in the group. No, we've been making fun of you all morning. I know it, but I have a lovely woman named Robin who is going to come feng shui my house this morning. And this has been in the works for like a month and a half. And I've been up really early because I'm a horrible housekeeper and I didn't want Robin to see all of that. So Nick and I got up early this morning and kind of quick cleaned the house. Now I'm going to say it's livable by our standards, (laughs) but. I worry about the rest of the world, especially folks that don't live on a ranch with a multitude of horse hair, cat hair. I mean, yeah, we own a mudroom, right? So we were up a little early prepping for the
0: feng shuiing of the home. I feel like you pre-feng shuied before the feng shuier arrived. And I'm not sure that that is a, an honest representation for the feng shui to... <laughs> Really manage the expectations. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. You
2: pre-functuate. I did not. Because trust me, I am going to guarantee the energy in this house is clogged up somewhere. And it's probably clogged up with cat, dog and horse hair. So I'm sure (laughs) she's going to be able to uh, help me uh, resolve some of that. So you're giving her a challenge. I am. Well, so one of the things that you have to know to be able to take good energy in good like money energy into your house, I'm going to butcher this, and she's probably going to explain it really well later today. And I'm going to go, Oh, my gosh, I I told the soldier you're totally wrong on the podcast but they look at your front door okay I don't know about you guys but I live on a farm we don't use the front door of this house <laughs> I mean, like it is the, there's like these rickety steps that were here when the house was put in. The door has this like black blanket over it because it blocks out the light that comes in so I can game. And yeah, and we don't use that. And there's just like stuff stacked in front of it. And this morning I was thinking, oh my gosh, when we were cleaning and I didn't move it, but we keep a gun over there in case there's a coyote or something. <laughs> so right inside my front door, there's a gun. <laughs> so anyway, but that's the way I grew up too. There was always a gun by the front door in case there was a farmant outside that needed to be chased off. So
0: Well, I can't wait to hear the outcome. Like how it went. <laughs> I can to hear about that.
2: Well, I'm sure that I'm sure there are things that are going to have to be moved around. I didn't move anything. We just vacuumed and like did a little bit of things here and there
1: I don't know Kim I think what you have going on right now works for you so changing all this may affect your money flow in a negative way who knows no 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 it's gonna affect it in a positive way don't you even think that
0: okay. <laughs> don't put negative vibes out there don't you put negative vibes in my house all right well good luck with that today <laughs> Well, what else have you been working on besides getting your house pre-feng shuied before the feng shuier?
2: I have been in a million different rabbit holes. I am networking like crazy. I have spent a tremendous amount of time doing that, and I have also been developing programming. And um, finish me my hypnosis certification, which I'm done with in June. And along the way, keeping up with everything in my office, mentoring mentees, working with people who are in their own way and wanna get out of their own way with their art, with their business. So I've just been keeping a full slate of clients, plus a l- whole lot of development projects, plus feng shuiing my home. So. I could use a little bit more energy (laughs) to keep up with everything I got going on. So, hence the feng shui.
0: That's awesome. What about you, Phyllis? I got to see you recently. Yes, you did. We had a
1: a really great trip to my friend and I. My friend Suzanne and I had a great trip to St. Simons and to Jekyll Island. We photographed at Driftwood Beach for sunrise. And then we headed down to St. Augustine to see Kara and her family. Yay. with the goal of photographing birds for the weekend. So we, we spent a lot of time at the alligator farm. We How about, uh, I ha- do have to say really a huge thanks to Kara and her family for letting us crash with them. <laughs> and I think all we did was bring you scones for a thank you Those scones
0: gift. were so good <laughs>
1: and totally worth it. They were so good. Yes, I mean, we decided we're coming back that way just for the scones. Can you so. tell me where
0: those came from, just so when I go... Travel north this next uh, couple weeks. I'm going to. That came from a bakery in St. Simon's, and I cannot. I'd have
1: to look up the name of the bakery. Okay. But we almost went back because I wanted to get some sourdough bread from them, but they only put bread out one day a week, and that's on Tuesday, and we weren't going to be there then. Well, they were
0: worth it. They were just absolutely delicious. And if I never get them again in my life, I'll still always remember how good they were. (laughs) They were just the best scones I've ever had in my life. I wish we could give a shout out to them here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I should have looked up their
1: name, but anyway, so yeah, I just had so much office work to do, but that's what happens when you're home. You end up having to catch up on all the stuff you don't do when you're gone. And finally, I guess everybody's tired of hearing this, but finally, I'm finished with all the uploads to my publishers and for my website update. I cannot wait to see the final product that Denise has come up with. Denise from Storm Lily Marketing for my website. She's been working on it really hard. I got to see a little snippet of it and it looks really good. I'm so Yay. excited. Yeah, I'm real excited. I did get to her see her podcast episode of How to Market Your Horse Business that I was on aired this week. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. I was honored to get to be a guest on her podcast. And I guess that's about it for now. What about you, Kara?
0: Well, I am kind of at the tail end of finishing the onslaught of equestrian senior portrait sessions. So those are pretty much done and shot. So I feel really good about that. So now I'm in that stage where... I'm just finalizing the culling and editing, and I've got a couple clients I've got to do artwork delivery for this weekend because it just didn't work out schedule-wise this week. So I'll be doing artwork delivery this weekend. And then I just finished up a shoot. It was a two-day shoot for a local nonprofit horseplay therapy that I shoot for every year. So this year they had the idea that they want to do a calendar to gift to their supporters, but also to use as just a little bit of like a monetary donation option. So we did really cute themed calendar weeks, uh, calendar months. So we've been working on that. So the big thing for me is now I've got to get the imagery edited and to them so that they can start. I'm not going to design the calendar for them. So they're going to do that side of it. So I'm going to get them all the images so they can get that part started. So I don't know about you guys. I always try to shoot once or twice a year as an in-kind just donation to my local equine community. So this is one of those that I do. And I always find it really rewarding. It's a lot of work, but it just feels good to me to be able to give back a little bit with my photography in that way. So that's what I've been working on. And then, oh, a lot of writing. I have been trying my hardest to batch content writing, working on a special project with another photographer that I'll have more info on soon. And then just trying to get like more consistent with my blog posts for my website and trying to get that kind of back caught up again and for my email marketing. So just a lot of writing in the last uh, the last couple of weeks since we recorded last. I saw
1: that little reel you did from your calendar shoot. That was so cute. I think that was just uh, one month. And I, I know. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait to see them all because that's going to yeah. be so cool. I really, I think
0: that's a great idea that they're doing a calendar from it. Yeah. We did some cute ideas. Yeah. And those yeah. are all the therapy horses. So um, they're, you know, well loved by the kids that and the veterans that you know, utilize the program. And those horses are just so sweet and so fun to work with, but also a little bit of a challenge because they're kind of been there, done that horses, and they don't have a lot of, I don't want to say expression. Like they just are very, they're they're they're, not prone to like pop their ears up easy. They're very (laughs) chill for the work that they do. So, but we still had a great time and we worked hard to come up with some fun concepts. So I can't wait to how it turns out. I like that you bring out doing charity work, you know, Mm -hmm. for our for. That'd be a good podcast episode. Nonprofits,
1: yes. Mm -hmm. And because I forgot something I did while I was asked to do, because it never even really occurred to me, but I'm going to start working with the FAA here in Georgia. So I've already donated some imagery for them to use for their upcoming rodeo. Uh And I think that's going to be pretty cool, too. I think getting to support some nonprofits is is a really good idea. So what are we talking about this week?
0: Well, we are talking about critiquing our own images as a photographer. So we probably have all heard about having our images critiqued, right? Like participating in an image critique or having a mentor critique our images, a mentor photographer. But there are a lot of reasons why you should actually critique your own images. So that's what we're talking about today. Does anyone want to add anything before I jump in? Because I'm going to cover this first part on why critiquing your images is so important. I say go for it. Okay, everybody's shaking their heads at me. (laughs) No, go ahead, okay. (laughs) I forget, we better express our feelings
1: verbally, hadn't we? (laughs) (laughs) That's right, no one can see you shaking your heads.
0: (laughs) Okay, so critiquing your images is something that I think all photographers, including equine photographers, should participate in doing. There are lots of reasons why this is important per my usual, I have a list. Okay. So the first one is what I think the most obvious, which is self-improvement. If we can take the time to really just critically evaluate our own work as photographers, we can identify those areas for improvement and we can also find mistakes. And sometimes I'll see myself going back and looking at work that I did a year ago and seeing it with new eyes and critiquing it differently than I might have done at that time. It really allows us to take the time to analyze the technical aspects of our images things like composition exposure our focus choices the light and how we use the light as well as some of those more artistic elements that hopefully we're thinking about when we're shooting things like storytelling the mood of the image the visual impact that we hope that our images will have so this type of self-improvement this type of self-reflection can really help us grow as photographers and it is a great way for for us to improve and develop further skills. Another great reason to take the time to critique your images is, by critiquing our images, we can start to see our own unique style. We can start to develop our own unique style. It'll help us recognize things like reoccurring patterns that we're seeing in our images. So maybe things that we do over and over again, themes in terms of you know the techniques of our work, themes in terms of the light that we use, the way that we use light, the way that we edit our images. It can really help us start to identify some of those elements that make up our style. And then what we can do with that is we can then further refine and further design our style as a photographer and really give our images that unique distinction that defines them as ours. Like there are a lot of times I'll be online and I'll see an image and I'll say, I just know that image is Phyllis's or I just know that image is Kim's. And I do that with a lot of photographers that I follow regularly, I recognize their style before I even look up and see that it's their image. And that is because they have taken the time to be consistent and to go through their imagery and really kind of understand what works for them over and over again. The third reason why I think critiquing is important as an equine photographer is because it allows us an opportunity to build a body of work, a coherent body of work. It helps us assess how our photographs, like a group of photographs, are Think about like your Instagram feed, for example. It helps us identify like how those images are consistent across the board. So if you're working on a project, for example, it allows us to take a look at the images we created, evaluate how they flow together. How are they consistent? How do they further enhance the storytelling or the narrative that you're trying to create? And then it allows you to really take the time to kind of cull down those images And make sure that they are being selected carefully, that they really work to impact that whole series of work. So I think that's really important. You can kind of go through, depending upon your project, you can then kind of cherry pick the images that are best for that project. The next piece that I have here has to do with, I call it communicating your vision. But by critiquing your own images, you kind of get an eye or the ability to enhance your ability to articulate what you want to do with your images as a photographer. It helps you develop the language that you want to use, the vocabulary really necessary to discuss your work with others. So if you're planning on bringing in new clients, you can talk about your work better with clients and what your vision will look like and share the vision with them because you understand how your images are being created and how you're going to create those visions. But it's not just about working with clients. Think about if you're going to be, I don't know, at an exhibition, or if you've got a portfolio review coming up, that gives you an opportunity to really kind of understand your vision and what you're doing with those images. The last little piece I have here is by critiquing your own images, you can further engage with your audience. You can gain more just insight into how your work might be perceived by others by spending the time looking at your work well how how do i perceive this image it gives you a, the ability to kind of then talk about and further engage and then it can really just help you understand how the image is going to resonate with your audience and think about like what we want to do with our images. A lot of times we're trying to tell a story. We're trying to elicit emotion. We're trying to engage and get some kind of response. And if we can really critique and understand our images, we can further direct the conversation that way. And then we can also further talk about our images in a way that can really do that. So that is how and why it's so important. But there are are other ways like how does critiquing your own image improve your photography? So how does this actually make us a better photographer? Well, I think it helps us once again, identify our strengths and weaknesses. So we talked about self-improvement above, but when we critique our images, it really helps us understand where we're strong and where we need to improve sometimes I'll look at my pictures and I'll be like you know what I'm really good at this part but I know from this series of images that this is where I need to focus for a while and really get better I need to you know it might be something like understanding composition lighting storytelling other just anything I feel like I need to learn it'll uh, give me the ability to really learn and focus on that it gives us the opportunity to learn from our mistakes. How many times have we all sat down and looked at a set of images and been like, man, I've got some work to do in this area. And I do not want to have this experience next time I'm working. I don't ever want to have this experience again. So if it may mean that we need to spend some time working on the technical side of things or the artistic side of things. You may come back with a set of blurry photos or overexposed images or images that have terrible composition. This gives us the ability to sit down and critically think about why that happened so that we can be more prepared in the future. We want to learn from our mistakes. I think it also gives us the ability to enhance our creativity. I like to talk about when I go to workshops, for example, how every shoot, there's one thing I'm gonna try to focus on. I'm gonna get a bunch of images, but if I can walk away with this one particular creative piece, then that's my goal. So it gives us the opportunity to really think critically and push those boundaries to do something totally different. Maybe it's an explore a new perspective, experiment with a different technique, or just do something really different. I don't know, it just gives us an opportunity to do that. And then I've talked about personal style, but when identifying your personal style, this will improve your photography. And We've got to be able to self-critique to be able to do that. And then the last little little piece that I have here talks about self-awareness and being intentional. So critiquing your images can really help enhance your self-awareness as a photographer and it can really teach us to be a little more intentional. I think we've all been in situations where we've gone out to shoot and it's like, I just have to capture everything. And then we come back with a bunch of pictures that are kind of lackluster, or they don't tell a great story, or they're kind of boring, like you don't feel like you got anything really great. But by taking the time to be intentional, and by critiquing your images, I think it encourages you to be more intentional. But when we can be intentional, we might come back with four or five great images versus a whole bunch of images that are very lackluster. So I'm going to leave it at that, because I think that was a lot. But what do you guys think about that?
1: Wow, Kara, I think you've covered a whole lot of what I was going to talk about, (laughs) because all those are great points, obviously. And I think for me personally, and, and my over the years, and even now, even at this late date in my career, I... Critique my own work constantly. That's <laughs> every so good. time I, yeah, every time I come back from a shoot, every time I open my computer and look at Lightroom and I mean at Bridge and look at all my images, I just that, every time I go to work on an image, I'm constantly critiquing it and thinking about what I could have, should have, would have done, Yeah, (laughs) you know? So I'm just going to cover a few things that are specific things to consider when you do go to start critiquing your own images, because this is things that I go through, and I'm sure there's more than this that you guys might be able to add. But I think like Kara said, number one is your intent. Could any viewer look at that photo or that image and know what you had in mind? So I think that's really goes to what Kara was saying is when you go out to photograph, really think about making images instead of just taking pictures. Like really, really take that into, especially the more you get into your career or even as a hobbyist, the more you get into photography is really be intentional about what you're doing with your camera. And think about emotional impact. When somebody looks at that image, does it make them feel? Does it evoke a particular emotion or feeling for the viewer? If it does for me, then I assume it will. You know, if it doesn't evoke any kind of emotion for you, the photographer, the person that made the image, then it's most likely not going to do that, convey any kind of mood or atmosphere of, a of feeling yeah, to the viewer. So think about that too. And those are going to be your strongest images when you can bring out some kind of emotional connection um, with the viewer. Those will be definitely be your your strongest images and the ones that will really resonate with the people that are looking at your images. Of course, then we're going to get into the more technical end of it, like the composition. Uh, Look at the overall structure of the image, the placement of the main subject, uh, the use of negative space. Is the composition balanced? Is it visually appealing? Does it flow? Consider all those points when you're, you know, maybe taking the picture all the way into like maybe cropping it to get more out of it. Exposure, of course. What were your exposure settings when you took the image? Uh, Is it too bright or is it too dark? Sorry. To bark. I got trees on the brain. Are there blowing out highlights or clip shadows? You know, take all this into consideration. If there are, then just know that, of course, if you're shooting raw, you can probably fix some of that. But think about, you know, maybe fixing it the next time you go to photograph. Of course, if that was your intent... Then that's fine. Focus. Is your focus where it was meant to be? Is the subject sharp and in focus? Or is there any blur? Is the background have the appropriate amount of bokeh or blur in it? What's your depth of field? Think about all that. Did I use the right depth of field? Could I do this better next time? Of course, lighting is a big one because that's what we are. We're, as photographers, we're all chasing light. But evaluate the lighting in the photograph. Is the light source appropriate for the subject? Are there harsh shadows that are going to distract from the subject? Or reflection that will definitely detract from the image? Color. Think about your color balance. Are the colors accurate? Are they pleasing to the eye? Is the color temperature appropriate for the mood of the image? Sometimes you might be able to cool something down, you know, or warm it up for that appropriate scene that might work a little better. Of course, storytelling is a big one, as Kara said. Think about trying to tell stories with your images. Is the image that you're looking at or critiquing, is it telling a story? What were you trying to tell? Again, this goes back to intent a little bit. But does the image communicate a clear message or is it open for interpretation? If it does, that's fine too. And like Kara said, I think a big one is think about your personal style. And I I guess for me, I'm always, everybody says, yes, I do have a personal style, but I'm always looking to up my personal style. I'm always looking to do something a little bit different. But consider your personal style as a photographer. Uh, Does the image reflect that unique vision that you have and your artistic sensibility? So look into all these things and think about that when you go to review your images and keep all these points in mind. And I think that you'll be able to identify areas for improvement. But, I think most importantly, when you do this because I'm bad to be hard on myself, I am my own worst I'm my best and my worst critiquer. We all are yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but be kind to yourself, you know that's the the biggest thing is just remember that we're all on a journey, you know we're all at different points in our journey, and don't look at your work if you're just starting out and expect it to look like some famous photographer and if it does, man, hey, more power to you, that's awesome so.
0: Well, and how many times have you like had it in your mind what you wanted something to look like and then you go out and shoot it and it's like you just fall so short and it's oh. so disheartening, but you're being super critical. and But that really is the time to critique like what happened that was wrong? Like what did I not mm-hmm. get right or what do I need to work on skill-wise in order that next time I try to do this, I can do a better job. So such a good point. But at the same time,
1: even though you may have had a vision in your mind of what you think you wanted it to look like, you may have taken it in a better, different direction. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So think, I think having an open mind and realizing that maybe it wasn't exactly what I had in my mind at the time, but now I'm seeing somewhere different I can go with it. So yep. I think that's that's good, too, is to always keep an open mind and think about the possibilities. <laughs> so Kim, what do you think? I think these are all great topics and how to critique
2: your photos and why you should be doing this. And I have a hodgepodge of potpourri that I would like to bring to the table of things that I would like to add into this conversation. So I think for all of us, and I don't know, do you guys feel this is true, that most of the time, I and I'm going to say you as well, are you your worst critic for your images? Like, are you always the hardest on yourself? I know I am. I would like to think
1: I would. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think I just said that. I think you're a tough judge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that when we look at critiquing our own images, I don't know if a photographer out there in the world can ever get away from critiquing their own images because I think we all do it in the process of getting our photos from the camera into birthed into the world. And I do think looking at that is such an important aspect to becoming a good photographer and developing your style. That said, I do want you to know that you're probably always going to be your toughest critic on your own work. And... When we look at that and say, yes, we typically are the people who critique ourselves the hardest, just know that if you are doing a job or something like that and you look at your photos and you go, gosh, that's not exactly what I had hoped I had created in this situation or I see where I could have improved that, it's okay to be in that position. So when you're in this process of critiquing yourself, don't get yourself stuck in saying, Oh, my gosh, I needed to do this so much different or so much better. I don't know about the two of you. But my guess would be the same thing here that when you go back and look at photos you took 10 years ago, you're like, Oh, my God, somebody actually paid me for that. (laughs) So I know for me, (laughs) that's something I've Yeah, (laughs) so We are all in a continuous process of evolution as photographers, and self-critique is one of the ways that we grow. And I think when we approach it with the mindset of not, you know, like tearing apart our images or coming at it from a completely negative angle of this is all of the things that are wrong with this image, I think we also need to look at critique as what went right with that image and understand that we are in a constant evolution of learning how to eliminate the things that we feel are mistakes or aren't perfect, and also in a constant evolution of improving the things that we are doing well. So when you're looking at your image as, as a critique or one of the things that I would like for you to do is to write down all of the things that you love about that image in addition to all of the things that you don't like about that image. What is it that you really appeals to you about that image? And what is it that you wished was different about that image? And when you look at it from both the positive and the negative angle, I think it gives you an opportunity to not only correct, because we often think of critique as criticism, and criticism is negative. So but it gives you an opportunity to correct those things. But it also gives you an opportunity to look at what you're doing well. Because in critique, that's what we want to know, right? What we're doing well, as well as what we're doing, that could be improved out there in the world. And as a writer, I have been critiqued a lot. Like I have purposely put myself in critique groups. Currently, I am doing that same thing with my photography. So I have joined a group in Kansas City where we meet once a month and it's pretty much just critique. Like you bring an image and they put it up on a thing and show everyone in the room and everybody critiques it. I will tell you that when you're going to go look at learning to critique your own images, it would be fantastic if you could find a similar situation where you can listen to other people critique images that are not yours, because you learn so much about photography, and about little tweaks and changes that can improve an image. So just in the few times that I've been, even after being a photographer for 30 plus years, and I knew a few of these things going in, I will tell you that, but some things I can tell you is definitely look at the details in the image, And are they the way that you want it to be? Like what details are noticeable and what things blend into the background? What's broad, look at it as a broad image, as an overall, and then look at little parts and pieces in the image. Another thing that I've learned is turn it around, flip it. Do you guys ever do that with your images? Like when you're critiquing your images, do you take an image and flip it back and forth to see how it would look better?
0: No, but I'll make it really small so I can see like how my eye moves around with the light. I've done that before. Yeah. Sometimes you have to make it small to see like how your eye moves with the light. So I do that, but I've never thought about flipping it back and forth.
1: I've never flipped an image before for my own personal review, but I... I was told years ago that one good way to really do a great review on your images is to turn it into black and white and see Ooh, how it stands up one. as a black and white. And I have done that in the past more than I have recently, but that's another great thing. So flipping, I'll have to try that, Kim. Thanks.
0: Well, that's three good tips right there. I love that. The black and white, the flip the image and make it kind of smaller so you can see where the light and dark spots are in the image. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah, the flipping part of things. So ideally, from my understanding of critiquing photography, I know what I like, and that's what I shoot for, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment. But ideally, you want the viewer to look into the image, and we all read from left to right. So you want someone to look into the image, and then for them to kind of be able to have a point to where they don't just look out of the image, but where they come back and they sort of spend time in the image. And a lot of the times when we're photographing like herds of horses, the herd of horses, it might be running from left to right but actually, the viewer's eye will look better if you invert that image so that the horses are running from the right to the left of the frame. So I'm going to tell you in the critique group that, and how I look at my own images now is that you... Just flip it and see which one looks better to you. Now, I will tell you, when you do that, you need to give yourself a minute because the first time around, it looks a little weird. And so you've got to give your brain a moment to adjust, especially when you've taken that image because you've seen the scene and you know that's how it looked. So you have to let your brain adjust for just a moment. The black and white was also on my list, Phyllis, and I think that's a great way to critique your images because it gives you an opportunity to see exactly what is being displayed in your image. And another good thing for you to learn is in your software, in Photoshop, you can look at different channels in black and white. So when you have your image in color, you can open up the channels and you can look at A channel that highlights the blues or the reds or the greens, and shows them in black and white. And that gives you a really good indication of kind of how your image is showing up. And you can sort of determine, like, what are the focal points of this image? What are the lights? What are the shadows? How are things being displayed in my image?
1: On the flip side of what Kara does, she said she makes hers really small. I over magnify mine and check my edges. I call it border patrol (laughs) because I don't like things creeping into the size of my images. So that's another thing I do. Sorry, I just wanted to interject that real quick.
2: Absolutely. And, And that brings up another good topic. I know I talked about details, like looking at things that are details. A good photograph will not have a lot of extra distractions. So when you're critiquing your own photos, look at the image and say what distracts from the story that I'm trying to tell here or what distracts from my main subject and look deeply into how could I change that? Is there something that I could eliminate from this photo Or that I could crop out of it or that I could change how the photo is displayed in order to minimize distractions that are taking away from the image. And and I think that's an important self-critiquing opportunity. And it also teaches you, that teaches you also to look inside your photo. So here's the thing I love about Phyllis. There's kind of a joke when you come to our events because Phyllis is very quiet it When she's back, and I'm usually the one yelling at the models, and Kira yells at the models too. But I, I, I will hear her behind Thanks, me fellas. going, "I. It would be nice if the reins on that horse were even, or, <laughs> you know, and so, or do you think his foot could come forward just a little bit?" And she'll say it just like that, like the model can't hear it. But I, then I yell. I'm like her um, megaphone. Anyway. I appreciate as a person who doesn't notice a ton of detail like that. I appreciate that because it will drive me crazy later on when I go to pull up that image and I go to self critique that image. I'll be like, damn it, Kim, why weren't you paying attention? <laughs> to the to the Mm. evenness of the reins or where that horse's foot was positioned when you get to shooting you get all wound up in that but when you learn how to as kira was saying this helps you improve your images that's the way that it does it in hard real time right you critique it and you go darn it i wish this would have been different and the next time that you go to shoot it then you're much better at it being different for that future thing Also, and in critiquing your own images, do not be afraid when you break the rules. So there's a lot of really good rules in photography. We have the rule of thirds. We have the golden ratio. I mean, you name it, we've got a rule for it in this game. The truth is, is that those rules are there for a reason. And they're there to help you understand photography. And they're a good kind of checklist to put against your images for critique. However, I have seen images that break all the rules and are stunningly beautiful. So when you're looking at critiquing your own images, if it breaks the Dern rules, it's okay. If you like that image and it's what you want to see as an artist, Then go ahead and break the rules because here's the final piece of wisdom I have on my little card today. And that is that art is subjective. Art is truly subjective. It is all about who is viewing the art. So when you look at it, if it looks good to you and you self critique the photo and go, Yes, I really like this image and I'm happy with it, even though it breaks this rule, even though it isn't perfect here. I love this thing about it, and this is what I consider gorgeous and what I want to put out into the world. It's the story that I want to tell. Because what happens is anytime anyone views that photo, they bring their entire life story to that moment when they see the image, and you have no control over that. So you have to let go of saying that you have any control over it. And say, This is what I want to tell to the world, and allow the other people to have their own opinions, which is why I say we are oftentimes our own worst critics. In the case, we we usually are tougher on ourselves in these instances than most the people who look at our images. But on the occasions when you run into somebody who is tougher than you or says something that hurts your feelings, know that's their story that they're bringing to the table. It's not yours. And there's nothing wrong with your photography or you. <laughs> it's just the way that that person is looking at that image. So when you're critiquing critique for yourself. Don't critique to please other people, because that's the way you fall into the trap
0: of disappointing yourself. What do you guys have to say to that? I think that was great. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Just a reminder, we have some great events that you guys are welcome to join us at um, coming up. So please check our website at cowgirlswithcameras.com. Just navigate over to our events. Some of these events would be a really great space for you to create some work that you could then critique later. So um, there's a lot of great stuff coming up. If you are not already following us online, we would love for you to join our conversation over on Instagram and Facebook, just at cowgirlswithcameras. And And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks for
2: listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.